hey, wax on, wax off. What does that even mean? Oh, it just gives him th- something to think about, you know? Like, Wax is here, and he's going to kill you, so wax on. And if he doesn't kill you, or you get away with it, wax off. It gives him something to think about. <laughs> but I, I think I nailed that. That's kind of I, what I would the agree. movie was, right? Yes. Slightly. Well, yeah. Welcome back to Movie Rewrite. I am Cole. And I am John. And we're going to talk about the buddy comedy... Muddled mess, French hating, secret spy movie, James Bond ripoff, should have been released eight years prior to its release date, diplomatic mail of a movie. From Paris, with love. I kind of hate the title of this movie. Same. I don't understand it. I mean... Maybe it's lost on me. I know there's a James Bond from Russia with love. It kind of seems like that's what the uh, the plan is about slightly. But shouldn't the Russian leave from Russia to their going, not the guy go to Paris? The only time that pays off is towards the end of the movie. It was like, welcome to Paris, baby. But there you, wasn't. Shouldn't the assassin be from Paris? And that's kind of like a calling card. Like, hey, I just murked you from Paris with love. Mwah. You would kind of think. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't uh, either. Obviously, the studio didn't get it because they released this puppy uh, February 5th of 2010. Kind of the dead space for movie releases, like January, February, maybe into March a little bit. But box... I mean, <laughs> it is the best box office. Budget, 52 mil. Okay. What did it make back? 100 mil. Fifty-two point eight three. Oh wow! <laughs> it marginally just broke even plus some. Dang. Yeah, 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 yeah. It that's a, that's a big oof. Yep. <laughs> this was directed by Pierre Morel. I hope I'm saying his name right. Again, terrible of names. So before he did *From Paris with Love*, he did *Take Him*. Really. Yep. And then after that, some TV, and then. Peppermint is the only one that I know about that he's done everything else. Don't know anything about it. So Man, we kind of got an unknown director coming into this from my point of view. Maybe he's popular overseas more. Kind of looks like that might be the case. And Taken wasn't a bad movie either. Taken was meh. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, bad. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson's. Screenplay. We got two people. Luke Benson. Everything up until he did this movie, he's kind of, again, stuff I'm kind of not super familiar with. He's got a lot of credits. Uh, Revolver, Transporter 2, uh, From Paris with Love, and then after that he did Columbiana, and then Taken 2, some TV, just kind of all over the place. Nothing that I'm familiar with or really cared to see or have seen. But he's got a bunch of sequels coming down. Okay, I guess two sequels coming down the line of movies. I didn't know deserve sequels, but okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> Just to round out what this movie is, we got another writer, Shadow Conspiracy, and then the screenplay from for this movie, and then Three Days to Kill, four years later, and then he's done some TV. Like He's only got six credits to his name. And then we're on to the producer's game. Mm-hmm. What do you want to go about? What's your number, sir? <clears throat> Five. 
four. So, close. so close. We got producers that, again, not a whole lot of stuff that's like super popular. And maybe that's because ignorant American over here doesn't know about them. I, <laughs> I can't tell you. Some of these people kind of hitch their wagon to John Travolta. You've got like Battlefield Earth, General's Daughter, Domestic Disturbance, Punisher, Wild Hogs, Hairspray. You've got tons of movies that have John Travolta. And then there's kind of like this, I'm going to call them like a producer team that kind of just go where the Travolta train is. So speaking of John Travolta, he is our character. And then our other guy is Jonathan Reese Myers, who again... I don't know much about this dude. He was in Mission Impossible 3. I'd have to watch that to remember. And then he's done, since this movie, some movies, some TV, and stuff I've never seen or have heard about. And nothing I see to get excited about. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe this maybe this movie was just dead from the start. I... I couldn't tell you. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. So just to round out this plot summary, I've got two. One I took from the internet and one is from the back of the DVD case. And I'm not sure which one I like better. I find them both misleading. James Reese, played by Jonathan Reese Mayers, personal aide to the U.S. ambassador to France, is secretly moonlighting as a low-level CIA operative. That seemed like a conflict of interest to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looking for more action, Reese accepts a job that teams him with wisecracking special agent Charlie Wax by John Travolta. A trigger-happy loose cannon sent to Paris on a mission of international importance. Now, Reese finds himself in the wildest ride of his life as the new partners pull out all the stops to annihilate the enemy in this explosive, white-knuckle, non-stop thriller. <laughs> yep, yep. I guess that's about it. I I don't know. This other description is like, Charlie's an unorthodox government employee. Large, bald, bearded, foul-mouthed, and eccentric. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Charlie immediately takes James on a wild ride of murder and mayhem through ethnic enclaves. As bodies pile up, the purpose remains opaque to James. And kind of to us, too, I think. Yes. And then... I don't know. There's a part in here, like, the girlfriend tells him to, uh, tells, tells Charlie to bring Wax to dinner. Charlie can be charming. Where will it lead? Does the chess-playing James have what it takes? Dude, this movie is something else, I'll tell you that much right now. Just do little other things. Uh, this is 2010. Our top ten movies, man. You had Toy Story 3, number one, followed by Alice in Wonderland. Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows, Inception. Toy Story 3 was 2010? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Inception, 2010. Where has time gone? Yeah, yeah I see that face. Where's the <laughs> time gone, dude? Twilight Saga Eclipse was 2010? What? Gosh. That was in the top 10? Iron Man 2. Oh, wow. Tangled, Despicable Me, and How to Train Your Dragon. Tangled, Despicable Me. Yep. That's what we're talking about. Wow. That was our 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 good year of 2010. And then this movie, I don't know where this movie ended up on that list of things, but given the fact that these are uh, multi-million dollar worldwide grosses and this one barely broke even, I'm going to say it's at the bottom of the release pile. Mm-hmm. So, 
Definitely. I have a very important question for you. It's going to be the most important we'll ever do in the podcast. Okay. I need your honest, truthful answer. If this movie was a video game, which character would you be? You'd You'd have to be Charlie Wax. I ask this because in a video game, you're usually playing as a somewhat important character. Uh-huh. This movie leads me to believe that I'm watching Donnie, Johnny Depp for one thing. I kid you not, the first True. ten minutes I kept thinking, well, holy <laughs> shit, Johnny Depp's in this movie? And then the lighting changed, like, no, it's not Johnny Depp. And then the lighting changes again, and it's Johnny Depp. And I was like, holy shit, who am I seeing? It's Johnny Depp playing chess and looking all suave. And then the light changes again. I'm like, oh no, it's not Johnny Depp. Uh, surprise. Yeah. Shadows. So it'd be Charlie Wax. Mm-hmm. You think? I, I mean, guess. that's who I would want to play as. I... <laughs> not the guy carrying on a vase full of cocaine. Exactly. Weird O-Rama. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Like, if this was a video game, Charlie Wax would be the guy you'd play as. Mm-hmm. But this movie... I just don't know where I don't get it. It's it, it feels like there's a there's a fight between who's right. It's almost like they throw in like a very extreme side character, and so you know because I don't know if you noticed, but like once he gets there, like the whole pace of the movie changes. It speeds up. Uh huh. Honestly, it kind of becomes an ugly American movie. Yeah. And that's why I say like. I don't think this had any place in 2010. I was watching this and I was like, yeah, this movie fits right in with like 2005, maybe, maybe even the, like the late nineties. But when you're hitting 2010, like it, there's some rough spots in this movie. I'm like, Ooh, we're saying that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going there. Yeah. Uh, From Paris with love folks. So let's, let's figure out our theme. We're going to skip right over love. I don't know. The, f- this this right movie this movie truly really tries to establish this like deep love yeah so that I guess when this plot twist comes on down the line you're supposed to be surprised by it and I will admit I there was a good thirty seconds of this movie where I was like oh no Reese is the bad guy that's right and I know <laughs> I've seen this movie before I don't remember I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in theaters uh huh. So I don't know when I would have seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Reese ends up being the bad guy. Then they fight each other. Wrong. No, I was wrong. <laughs> so I guess good on you, movie. You covered my Cheeky. eyes. But this movie starts off with, like, they're in love. There's an implied love scene. You know, it's trying to, it, it tries its damnedest at the start of this to really force that, like, they're in love. They're getting married. Mm-hmm. so that everything that happens is no big surprise like when he gets the ring some other things like oh that's normal relationship stuff so I, I would say the, the main thrust of this movie is not love humanity versus technology no sacrifice no good versus evil yeah is it's... it who is the evil you don't it's all just bodies for this movie, man, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly. It's just like we discussed, like what the actual plot is, because 
the, the, when they when they were sitting there talking, he's like, he's like, oh, you like you don't know what this is about, and like I can't tell you how many times like I rewound that and like listened to their conversation, well not listen but like read their conversation because I had captions on, uh-huh. and I, I must be missing something because it isn't said like what this is about. It's just implied. Yeah, and then later on, it's like, oh, it's it's terrorists. Let's get into this in a little bit, because I'm, I'm with you. I I don't... I, I think I'm missing something, too, and if we can't figure it out together, then maybe maybe we're stupid, And but I don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, death, probably not. Perseverance. I mean, the guy's got to persevere going on Charlie Wax all night right. day. Well, maybe. I was also going to say we should maybe backtrack to sacrifice. Well, I don't know if we sacrificed, but, I mean, he did end up yeah I, I guess you could say that the very end kind of does make but the but character's like journey is yeah. he just starts that journey in the last 10 minutes of the movie that's not true a, it's not a it's not a whole movie yeah thing. if it was the whole movie maybe but that's know. the thing is there's it's it's literally three different acts like that first act is like him doing his like government job and you know eventually getting that ring or her proposing to him and then Wax shows up, all those scenarios happen, and then the last act is when the tides turn. The, yeah. the, the plot twist. That's literally how I feel like that happened. Yeah, that's why it's hard to, like, for me at least, to pin down exactly what this is all about because it takes you for a ride, and maybe that's the whole point. And I haven't seen Taken in a while, but I feel like Taken's kind of this. Maybe not exactly the same way, but taking maybe a little more simplistic in its plot in general. It's yeah. a kidnapping, the dad's out to get him, and he goes through whatever means necessary to follow the clues to get to his, his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's a little more straightforward than this. And True. I mean, honestly, like you could almost say, like, From Paris with Love's plot is almost the same thing. Like, you could copy and paste, like, we're doing this, this, and this to get to this but I don't think the audience knows from the start of this movie like what we're getting to towards the end right and maybe that's my problem I don't think the movie knew what it was getting to at the end yeah maybe not coming of age is Charlie mm-hmm. Wax coming of age no and this kind of turns into a family drama slightly <laughs> uh, reason versus faith no justice Again, I think it toes the line of kind of, depending on what you believe the plot of this movie is. Slightly, yeah. Smugglers. Okay, so we, we've talked about like the baseline back of the DVD plot. Mm-hmm. Let's... My, okay, my first scrap of this movie right off the bat was the home video footage. I don't... I hate that stuff. It was like that vacation... Yes. ...stuff to introduce us to Paris... Uh, chess, does, does chess just show great intelligence? I mean, we're setting this guy up to be like a, a mastermind. I don't know. And I don't think he makes a good spy. Who uses gum to put a bug on the bottom of a desk? And then staples it? Get out of here. That thing's not working anymore. He's no longer, he's no longer part of this program. That's why this movie is so frustrating in so many ways is because they lay the groundwork of 
this guy's got a loving girlfriend. They're going to get married. He's super good at chess. And he's so good at all these things, and he's qualified that he moonlights as the CIA. And they ask him to plant a simple bug. And he can't even... Gum. Gum. And then a staple? I, well, now you just show me, like, he's an idiot. So which is yeah. it? Yeah. Well, that yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. When you staple that, it's like, there. how does that work? How does that work? Because it looks like one of those uh, small, like, watch batteries. Like, yeah. Dude, any part of that gets damaged. I'm going to assume it doesn't work fully. And why are, why was he bugging that anyway? I don't know. And I, nothing I, to do with the plot in the long run, as no. far as I know. I think it was just, like, one of those side missions that he had to do to, you know, make the movie movie. Yeah, get, get, movie. get the get the uh, the plot going a little, I guess. Well, then they got him swapping out license plates, uh-huh. and so his whole thing is like, he just sets up the CIA spies to come do their thing by giving them vehicles. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. I don't know if he's giving them vehicles. Well, well maybe either he's giving them the vehicles or they're they're driving like a vehicle there, and they, he swaps the license. I, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't either. Alright, so let's get into this. It's kind of boring until we get to the Master of Mayhem, Charlie Wax, <laughs> who is going to a, through a tirade at Customs. Is this a good introduction to the character? So let's, let's set this up. Reese gets called in. He's got to go pick up his partner. Wax is now detained at customs because he's got energy drinks and they're not letting him through and he's going on a tirade such as this motherfucker hates Americans so much even though we saved his country's ass at not only one world war but two still won't let me through with my cans <laughs> I'm unfortunately biased because <laughs> I thought that whole scene was great <laughs> Like, like I said before, like, yeah, it sucks, but, like, but damn, like, there was some good parts, unfortunately. And I don't know if it's the greatest way to introduce a character, especially him, but I don't know. It, it was kind of funny. And then especially after the fact that, like, all that happened, and then he just slaps that uh, sticker on there. Diplomatic mail. Yeah. And just walks out. It's like, all right. Okay, but if you're, if we're establishing that this guy, are we showing in this one scene that he is disrespectful to everybody? He does his own thing. Mm-hmm. He's a badass. I. He's a loose cannon. But why is he in customs? That is also a good question. I don't understand this, dude. The guy's the guy sticks out for mm-hmm. one thing. Why is he going through normal customs to get... And his gun is broken down to pieces in these cans. Mm-hmm. Why? And then they've got guns later. Like, why? What's his gun's name? Oh, Is it Mrs. Um, Jones? Yes. Mrs. Jones? Mrs. Jones. I don't know. Let, let's go back and talk about John Travolta for a second. How do we feel about him as an actor in general? How far back does your love or dislike for him go back when it comes to movies I don't know he's, I've always kind of he's been around since 72 essentially 
I've always liked him in films. I, I kind of wish he he did some more. But it's funny you say that because I feel like John Travolta has always been like out in the ether of like movies and stuff. But once you start looking at like his work, I haven't seen a bunch of it. And yeah, we're gonna say Pulp Fiction is probably his biggest claim to fame. Yep. Pro, you know, once he did that, I mean, he did Look Who's Talking, you know, and Voice. No, he was actually in it. Never mind. No, he did Look Who's Talking too. I mean, he's been in some stuff. I mean, he's he's known for stuff. But then he hits Pulp Fiction, and bam, he's on everybody's radar. Yep. You know, Get Shorty, Broken Arrow, which is kind of a mess in the movie. That might be a stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Phenomenon, Michael. Like he just kind of does these back to back hits, and then you get like Face Off, yeah, which is fine. A civil action, and then you know, two thousand Battlefield Earth, Swordfish, Domestic Disturbance, and then he puts on his funny face and does Gold Member for Awesome Powers for a little bit, and you've got like Punisher. He does a bunch of weird stuff. Hairspray, Wild Hogs. Wait, wait, wait. Huh. John, John Schultz was a gold member? Yeah, towards the end of that movie, they do, like, it was a movie oh, the whole time. Oh, okay. You know. I was like, no, he wasn't gold. No, no, no. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. an idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. The Taken of Pelham 1, 2, 3 remake. The Forger. He just, and then it just, he just kind of falls off, like, from 2010 on, like, of just stuff no one's really cared about seeing and it's just sad like I think he's got some good skills I just I don't know is he a good bad guy or is he a better good guy I don't know I or is he a, is he a good bad guy a, a bad good guy a bad he's a good guy doing bad things <laughs> I I kind of personally I liked him as the bad guy in the Punisher yeah that wasn't bad and uh, I would totally like to see him play more of a bad guy, especially like in. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Face Off, but Face um, off. but no, he wasn't the bad guy in Face Off, was he? It was that movie gets confusing really quick. Yeah. Uh, who? No, he's the good guy, and who gets. Yeah, and then Nicholas Cage played... becomes the bad guy. Nicholas Page, Page. Nicholas Cage is the good guy playing the bad guy yeah Travolta's the bad guy then playing the good guy because he becomes the FBI agent who's essentially hunting himself <laughs> I think I, I my brain just broke in a logic loop wait <laughs> oh brain cramp Tylenol uh, yeah that's a movie somewhere Royale with cheese Royale with cheese here's my I don't I don't know how that many years after Pulp Fiction. I know, right? You are able to squeeze in a Pulp Fiction reference. Seriously. Pertaining to his character from that movie. Yep. I guess it's the only movie where he's actually in Paris, so you kind of have to make it. I guess. Theory. Pulp Fiction and this movie are a shared universe. This is Vince Vega. He actually didn't get shot by Bruce Willis. And di- well, he got shot. He didn't die. And this is him working as an agent. <laughs> That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, I'm going with that. It's Vince Vega playing Charlie Wax. Yeah. Face off. <laughs> Face off. <laughs> Went bald. He got, he got rid of those long, that long, long hair from 
mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction times in the 90s. Shaved it all off, grew a goatee. Now he just works. Uh, works for it. Alright, so back to the thread of this movie. Let's untangle some knots. Charlie Wax is sent to Paris to do what? I don't know. Okay. Because. Let's discuss this movie. Yeah. This is where the rewrite comes in. Okay. He is there, and the first stop they go to is a, is an Asian food restaurant. Yes. Where he famously orders off the menu, <laughs> kills some guys, and for some reason knows that there's cocaine in the ceiling. Why is there cocaine in the ceiling? And then has Reese empty out a vase and lets the pouring cocaine fill it up enough. And then they leave. And then they follow one of the guys that he doesn't kill to his boss, who then they have to infiltrate this building by killing multiple people. And again, this guy's carrying a base around. I feel like this is a joke in another movie. Where like one of the characters has to carry it around something the whole time. I can't think of it. It's driving me nuts. Okay. So they climb, I don't know, it feels like the Empire State Building worth of staircases to get up to this guy who is watching children dance with a bunch of other people to give him a message to stop doing the cocaine. You take it from there. So doesn't it continue with them leaving that place? And then where'd they go? Didn't they go to another building? We watched the same movie. I know. Granted, probably a week ago. I can't remember where they go. So when was it when he beats up all that group of people? Because they parked their car, was that... The, that was before they went into this building, the cocaine guy I'm building. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So um, we, get, we get another badass scene, this dude's invincible, yeah. which you will see throughout this movie. Like, well, He's got God-level powers. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a superhero. Uh, Well, no, is that the same scene, or is it the scene afterward? They're, like, in that building, and, it's, uh, and the cops show up. And... It's kind of like, and he's like covering his back as he's going up the floors. Is that the same building where th- those people were at? The, the, the I think so. I think he whoops all those guys' asses and then they go up the building and Reese is covering him as he walks up the stairs and murks mm-hmm. people. And the joke is, is every time he kills somebody, they fall down in between the <laughs> staircase. Not a bad joke, mm-hmm. I guess. So they keep going, talk to this guy, and then... But you can't forget one of the cool parts, though. Oh, they go to the... It's because in that building scene, they got, like, all of them, but, like, two or three of them. I remember that he's, he's like, he's like, how long does it take to get down all these stairs? And it was, like, X amount. Is that later? You jumped ahead to the bomb vest. Okay. Oh, you're... Con- Dude. See what I mean? Dude. It's so confusing. It's just, it, literally, when Charlie Wax shows up, it's just boom. Like, things just start roaring like World War Z, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it so, just keeps on keeping on. At some point, they end up taking the cocaine to a pimp who, for some reason, 
But he doesn't get the vase of cocaine. They're still carrying it up to the stairs, right? And on their way up with a woman, they oh, see Reese's yeah, girl. Right. And yes. it's super confusing because he's like, well, no, she's got... This is the garment district. So this pimp is at the garment district, and his now fiancé is shopping there, randomly sees him. So now we've got internal conflict between their relationship because that's what this movie needs. So while they're there... They're watching to see about this bank because the drug money or the drugs get turned into money, which can go to this bank, but then these guys withdraw. How did Charlie know that? And this whole time he's saying a senator's daughter died on cocaine, mm-hmm. and so he's there to shut down a supply. Yes. So he's lying to Reese this whole time. Yes. Keep that in mind, folks. Does that a couple times as the plot goes. Yes. So then they follow these terrorists, I guess, to this building. Okay, long story short. Let's fast forward. They murk all these guys. Reese's picture is everywhere in this room, which you don't take down. I know the cops are coming. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys escaped. This is when Charlie Wax gets super cool and he does his how long does it take to get down the stairs mm-hmm. gets the bomb vest prepped leans out the web, the the window and drops it and hits the car the getaway car of the guys all those people are dead so before they leave he's all about getting intel yes which then he gives to the royal with cheese guys correct yes the sometime helps. in here they, he, they go back to Reese's place for dinner where she's got a friend. That also really confused me. And then they're sitting there eating dinner, having a good time, and the friend gets a phone call, and she goes, no, there's no rose here. And Charlie Wax freaking whips his gun out and shoots her in the head. Now, and says, that's the phone call we've been waiting for. Yes, the code word of rose. But before that, though, did you notice... No, probably not. Uh, that girl that, that Wax kills, she was talking to him before, like she knew what was going on. Talking to who? To Wax, because he's like, he's like, what are you doing with the hooker with with Reese? Well, that's because they were and, caught water, and she was probably gabbing her about it. And so, like, once he kind of patched things up, it's like, oh, it's all good. But keep going. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's it, but the, that little small little conversation they had. It literally seemed like her and Charlie knew each other. Like, there was no, like, oh, like, because they clearly didn't. Because they, you know, they got introduced. And so they they don't know who each other were. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, she could have vented to her. But it just, I don't know. It seemed very weird. But I guess that would also make sense that if maybe she knew all that and wasn't told. but, But because she was in, you know, she was in a bad guy and so that's why she was saying that I, I don't know I, it just seemed kind of confusing their little conversation they had and then yeah she got that phone call and then so yeah so, so now the question is is <clears throat> what does that phone call mean okay I take that to mean with the intel they got from the terrorist house, whoever's the CIA is running the numbers. 
again, randomly calls this one and asks for rows. Apparently they were doing it to all of them. And when she says, no, there's no rows here, that is code for Wax to know who was also part of the terrorist group. Oh, so that's some big exactly like it, it gets super murky because you're told that they're there to fight drug people because of a senator's daughter, and then at some point it turns into okay, well this is the point after he shoots her. Uh, the now fiance is in on it, and yes. she bugged him the day before with the ring. Yes, and so it it this movie kind of does a good job of setting up of like who's full of shit. Yeah, because right now you're kind of. As the audience, we're kind of on Charlie's side. He's done some really weird stuff. Yeah, Is this like, on the up and up? Yeah. What's going on here? And he takes that ring off and like, look, if I put it up to this radio, it's going to buzz. It's going to buzz. This is after he kills the girl. So now we're all wondering, okay, there's a traitor. Is it Reese? Is it Charlie? Is it the fiance? Mm -hmm. And this is where I was like, oh, that's right. Reese is in on it. That makes sense. Oh, no, it's the girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Who then shoots Reese and gets away, and then Charlie does a chase and IDs the car. Okay. So here's the problem I have with this movie. What was the whole point of it? Is Charlie there exactly. knowing what's going on? Is he trying to weed out a terrorist plot against well, whoever the American was that was over there to visit the embassy? I can't remember because... I don't remember her name either. Uh, she's a shit character. Mm -hmm. And it's super frustrating of how they portray whoever this is. So at some point during this movie, there's a switch of what the end goal is. Mm -hmm. Is Charlie now suspicious of her from the pimp place? Or... He, yeah, he was suspicious of her in the beginning. So then they were... So... Oh, because, yeah. because don't you remember? Because ah. he asked, because he's like, he's like, what is she doing in this district? And she's like, oh, this is the cloth district. Am I overthinking this movie? I mean, not really. Because, okay. Because there, there is a lot to dive in on. Like, there's... Like I said, there's a lot going on here. And there's a lot of stuff that may or may not make sense. Okay. So the CIA is using... This guy that works at the embassy to do their side missions, they off screen get wind of a terrorist plot that involves his girlfriend, giant question mark. Yes. Charlie is there to prove terrorist group, and he the only way he can do so to figure out who it is is to do all of these different things with the drugs. Because it's it's about the drugs. That's how we're doing it. No, we're not about the drugs. It's about the terrorists because they take the drugs, turn it into money, which can finance terrorist activities. We're here to stop terrorists. And then it gets really weird when they see all the pictures at the terrorist group of Reese. Mm -hmm. They both seem confused by it, kind of, especially Reese. So the girlfriend is part of this terrorist organization that is now going to blow up the embassy. Which she was able to get in without Reese. She used his badge. She did? Yeah, because remember when he when he went there and he tried getting in, they won't let him in because they're like, uh, this was already used. Like, Oh, did someone wave him through? 
Someone waved him through. He yeah, it was the, the ambassador or whatever okay. of, that he was working with. Okay, so confusing plot number two. And so, and that's that brings me to the next thing. Is like, is like, why was he all bugged up? Like, what did Reese have to do with anything? That's what I'm saying. They didn't need... So, going back to, like, the girl gets away, gets in the in the car. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit. When they go to the guy... The, like the drug kingpin, it's like in a mannequin factory. There's mannequins everywhere. Kind of a cool shootout scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So this car at the end that picked up the girlfriend. Follow along with me, audience. Not naming names. Who's who? He IDs the car. The driver that picked up his girlfriend's driving that car with a bomb in it, with a mannequin. It confuses Charlie because he thinks the girlfriend's in it. But this guy is able to, okay, figure this one out. The motorcade is driving down one way of the road, free of cars. This terrorist gets into that side of the road and starts driving right at him. And the motorcade's like, huh, what do we do? Yeah, right. They, they didn't even stop. And this lady's like, oh. Just keep going. Yeah, they didn't even stop. Didn't even care. So Charlie then blows it up from a bridge with a rocket launcher, and they drive, like... Right past it. Okay, I gotta get this out of the way. The chick, whoever this person is going to the embassy, and then after that happens, and she gets to the embassy, and then the girlfriend's now dead, and she's just like, well, what the hell's going on? Like, uh, shit happened, and she's like, what are you talking about? What threats? Uh, you didn't notice the car that blew up on the way here. Or now the dead body that now has a bomb. Uh, we did all this for you. And she's like, fire for whoever made this late. Made this. This movie kind of hates ladies, too. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh. Okay. So I guess what we're saying is... The girlfriend needed his badge to get into the embassy. So that whole thing was a lie. Mm-hmm. But also, you've got this guy who was able to go try to blow up the motorcade anyway. Yeah. If... She was not part of Reese's life. They would have gotten away with it because no one would have known. Yep. Yeah, because I was right? literally scratching my head that whole time of once they were like debugging his whole apartment and this and that. It's like, it's like, but what was, what was his purpose in this? Like, like yeah. I mean, you need a way to get in, but it's like. You, you, you could have seduced him one night and stole his badge. You could have done any number of things. This exactly. is a very elaborate plot yeah. on her end. And, and is it Was it to get intel of what's going on? Is that not public knowledge of what's going on at the embassy then? I don't know. But would she have known his schedule anyway? I don't know. Possibly. I mean, but that's the they were part of that terrorist group anyway, so I mean, I'm sure they probably could have just... I mean, they had pictures and stuff all over I mean, they could have done whatever. And just like you said, if they would have never got involved with Reese in the first place, they, Wax would have never even been there to blow up that car heading towards the motorcade, just like you said. And so pretty much, the, this movie doesn't even need to exist because the plot <laughs> is broken. We literally just imploded it like on, on itself. I, I mean, I, I look at this, and you said earlier, this movie is kind of fun. Yes. I'll, I'll grant you that. This movie is kind of fun. If you just want brainless, just bullshit action, like, this and will this will be good. If you don't really want to think too much about a movie, you know, this is good. If you like John Travolta, you know, like, 
There, there's some good lines in there and some, you know, action's not too bad. No, but he's but definitely a superhero. Feels he, like, yeah. I mean, he's one of those like he's so good at his job and at everything. It it doesn't matter what goes on around him. Like he'll be fine. Yeah, he he's good. And it's kind of frustrating because <laughs> I I need somebody who can show some kind of vulnerability. And I I'm still flabbergasted by this whole plot. Was Charlie there? Was this the whole thing, or did the plot kind of unravel to him too? Of oh, this is more of a terrorist thing, or did he know it was a terrorist thing? Because if they know it's a terrorist thing, they've got to have some idea of where this terrorist cell is, instead of doing all this drugs to money trail following. And if you already knew Reese might be involved unknowingly, I yeah, it doesn't make sense to it, me it how you do that. I feel like Charlie knew somewhat, but I don't think he knew everything. And that's why he... So, see, this is what I'm talking about. He he lies so often that when it comes to that turning point at the dinner scene to where he shoots her, well, now you're like, okay, well, I've got three options here. Charlie has lied. We've It's been proven, but he's also saved Reese numerous times. But he's also put him in the danger, so it's kind of a wash. Mm-hmm. Is Charlie the bad guy, is Reese, or the girlfriend? And again, is that just because it's poor writing, or is that intentional? Because there is those couple of minutes where like, whoa. Yeah. I uh, didn't see this coming, but I'm also like, but she didn't, you didn't take me down a path to, to let me be like, oh. True. I don't, okay, there's just other things. So, when they're getting away from that terrorist group at the end, and then Reese is like, I gotta go back to my car right there, and he backs up really fast and hits that row of cars and his car explodes. Yeah. What the hell? How, why is his car rigged to blow? Yeah, I don't know. And who did that? Because Charlie knew all about it. He's like, yeah, see, I saved you all that time. Because it looked like it was one of those, like it had to be moved enough and it did the switch to blow it up. Again, is it... Charlie's just the best. He yeah, knew he's just the explosion. Also, I don't know if you noticed or not, but in that explosion take, did you notice that the wheels on the Cadillac weren't the same wheels? No, I didn't. They, was, I mean, it was a completely different Cadillac. Did you know they do but, that Mission Impossible 2 with the, with the bicycle, motorcycle wheels? That surprised me. Because uh, all of a sudden it's got dirt bike wheels in the dirt scenes on the sand. Yeah. It's got, it's got street wheels. The yeah. Nerd. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. I, literally though it, it just caught my eye well yeah because they have like after he had aftermarket wheels on that they were like 20s 22s I mean they stood out it, it's way different than your normal Cadillac wheel did you have a like a measuring tape and, on the screen and then do the conversion somehow? no it's just noticeable okay. because I don't know my wheels because the camera angle when it when it panned to the explosion it, it literally like the wheel was like right front center and right. there's just something I was like, oh, hey, that's not the same wheel that was on the Cadillac. <laughs> Probably a different car, buddy. <laughs> Probably. And the wheels don't matter. <laughs> you're got it. That's just the exploding car. The working car was off screen going. Exactly. Yep. yep. There goes my stunt. They probably Good had, job, buddy. They probably had like four or five Cadillacs. Probably. Better. <laughs> better have Cadillacs. 
I, I know before we've talked about uh, internal and external parts of the movie. And so, like, internally, you gotta, you know, to make a good rounded character or plot, you have acceptance, revelation, and contentment. I don't see any of this in this movie. If we're talking, like, act one, except in the current faders and situation, if if our if the character we're supposed to follow is Reese because he's the first one I'm introduced to, I he's got no big problems and neither does Wax because he's invincible. True. Also, before we dive into this, yeah, I have one small problem with the ending. Oh yeah, okay, we'll talk about the ending right now. <clears throat> that didn't say Charlie Wax will be back. <laughs> No. <laughs> it made me really mad when he pulls out a desert eagle as his as oh, his Reese? gun. Yeah. It's like Where the hell did he get it? it? Well exactly for one, for two, it's like why do you have a dead I mean, I know those come in like different calibers, but still like that's a big ass handgun for because a, a CIA agent. Like why would you have that? It's it's a dick measuring competition Pretty much. Yeah, it's just, just so. Dumb. Well, and then Wax whips out like the chessboard, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I play." And it's like, but early in the movie, like he established, like, "Do I look like I got time for games?" Yeah, it's like bad job. Do I play board games? Yeah, and you're like, okay, I get it. You're badass. Yeah. Board games all blow you. Oh wait, you were actually human and like games. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then I I just I think it, it would have been better play because just like you say, he pulls out the chessboard. I think it would have been better played if he like. Kind of had like a similar gun to Charlie Wax, or you know, just not going like over the top with a Deagle, because Charlie, I don't, I don't know what gun Charlie had, but I, it wasn't a Dutch Eagle. I, I will. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just kind of drove me nuts. It's like, God, like, why is a CIA agent packing around a full silvered out Desert Eagle? You know, why wouldn't he like pull out a comparable like? Like you said, like that's overkill. Yeah. But a gun that is good enough for the job and puts it on the table and goes, Hey, let me introduce you to Wax. And like he named his gun. Yeah, like that, Charlie that, just, you know, yeah. Just for something. Exactly. Stupid or. Something to or, take. Or even. Something to take the wax off. <laughs> <laughs> or, or name it after his dead girlfriend. Because Charlie's is yeah. Mrs. Jones. And yeah. He's like, Hi, this is. Yeah. Car- Coraline, Caroline. Yeah, Caroline. Caroline. I forget how they say it in the movie. Oh, it's so I annoying because care. it's spelled like Caroline. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's Caroline. That's what it yeah, was. Hi, uh, here's my gun, Caroline. Like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, snap, that's cold hearted, bro. Right. Can't believe that, you did that. That would have actually probably been the best optional ending. Having that scenario. I mean, that would make more sense. And. Tie everything up with a nice and bow. It, and it ends with, like, Charlie going, well, well, Mrs. Jones and Mrs. Caroline, they'll get along great. <laughs> Till Roll death it. do all of us part. Yeah. <laughs> Till death. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, th- and then so back to, like, our, our internal next yeah. one. So act two, uh, they have to force some kind of revelation in their feelings and emotions. Dude, I, I have a hard time picking out what acts we're in because... That's like you say, you hit Charlie Wax scene and that it you're going full throttle. Yep. 
And I think it really takes off. You you only slow down enough for that dinner scene. Yeah. And then there's a head popping soon after that. Well, and what's funny too is it just seems like it just gives you anxiety too, like when you first meet Charlie, because like <laughs> anxiety. Well, yeah, because like the whole pace of the movie, like I said, just it just seems kind of slow at first. Yeah, Johnny Depp is pretty slow at the start of this movie. Yeah. And, and yeah, then like, because Charlie is literally just like a wild card. Like you just, just like when we first introduced to him, like he's just off the wall. He's, he's just like, mind on cocaine. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how do I, how do I react to this? You know, because you're kind of set the tone and all of a sudden, boom, let's ramp it up a little bit. I will say I learned the difference between nouns and adjectives from this movie. If you want it, if you want it, dear listener, go onto YouTube, and you can Google uh, "from Paris with love" airport scene, and you'll learn what an adjective and a noun is yeah. from "dear Charlie Wax." Yeah, that is true. And then you'll be like, "Oh, I can pass English. I can pass English class now. Great." Oh, it's so great. So, but okay, let's go on to the the external arc maybe this is where we find an actual plot but again are we we gotta figure out who's our main character can you share main character roles because like I said the, the main this, character will always be Reese well then also I want to go back this this is trying to be a buddy cop movie yeah so if we were to take that template and go back to like lethal weapon uh-huh. you've got two main characters who have each have their own separate internal and external struggles and arcs right you pull it up to this movie you've got the badass wild card wax and you got this straight laced by the book ish I guess extra intelligent Reese character Mm -hmm. I don't know the motivation to either one of them at any given point in time because, like I said, like if you're gonna take Lethal Weapon, yeah, you know what Murtaugh is all about. You know what Riggs is all about, and then they come together. Like, oh, I get it. There's gonna be some headbutting, and then they kind of become friends towards the end of the movie. And then you got a little moves after that. I don't know what this one is. There's no conflict. Right. I I kind of feel like it's um. It's like it's like one of those like side missions you do in like a, in a video game. Like you, you you meet this character. And you can switch between the two you, depending on which you need done. Nah, oh. well, kind of. And then either that scenario or it's just like I said, it's like a character you meet. He's like by your side to like do this mission, and then once that mission's over, he's just gone. And that's and that's probably more likely what it is because, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I talked about it, but. Charlie Wax has been like doing this like unorthodox stuff for like a while because when he was talking when Reese was talking to his uh, handler yeah his hand, I, call, I just call him Colonel because he sounds like the Colonel from Metal Gear I don't know if that's true or not but anyways Snake uh, Snake uh, yeah he says uh, he's like yeah I know his ways are a little bit unorthodox but you know, and so it's like that right there. Like he he knows, you know how Charlie Wax handles things. He knows his ways. So I kind of feel like Charlie Wax is literally like one of those guys that like is called up like, hey, like this needs to be done. 
He comes in, does whatever it takes to get done, but and he's out he or goes elsewhere. commercial airlines? You got Again, me. this is just a setup you for us to be like, me. oh, I get who we're dealing with. Yeah. And I just think there could have been better ways like, hey, we got this guy in town. He could use some location help. Yeah. Meet him here. Yeah. And that then, you, you know, maybe maybe this, this whole thing starts out at that Asian restaurant. Yeah, that hey, is true. meet me here. We've got stuff to do. That is true. That could have, uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't... I, that's what I'm saying. Like we're introducing a character, and we're we're gonna say he's he's crazy, unorthodox. How do we do this? How do we yeah. show? Him? Oh, I know, just an airport at customs. And that whole thing with his he's mildly racist with his uh, with the cans and the gun, you know. And then Reese is like, like I can get you like whatever gun. He. he like, I get the importance of, you know, their people's own special guns. I, I know. But <laughs> for real, though, when you're in this line of work, you should be able to use any gun, any weapon. And just like you said, like, why is he stuck at customs? Because of cans. Because he needs to get his gun. It's like you can just come and get whatever gun you... You could probably get the exact same gun that he has. That, and I guess so I'm like, like, if this is a covert thing, you're going to let this guy go through customs mm-hmm. and make a huge deal. Like, yeah. now he's on someone's radar. Exactly. Oh, now all of a sudden the embassy's involved? Huh, that's super weird. It's It doesn't make yeah. sense. I, there's, there's I just feel of... <laughs> there's better ways to definitely introduce this wild card character. And I think part of it is maybe, like, you take that... Uh, lethal weapon formula and you show each of these guys separate and then give them an actual reason to come together like maybe Reese has got some part of this like weird plot of I think something's gonna happen to the embassy and you got Charlie having like another side of it too and for some reason they meet up in the middle like oh hey let's do this together yeah that would make a, a and lot instead more of sense. this whole like it's all circumstance <laughs> like you gotta do this oh now you're here and here's Charlie. Plot's got to move. A movie's got a movie. Yep, apparently. movie's got a movie. Yeah, they just the, just some of the research I've done of like writing and writing a good character and screenplays and stuff like. I feel like this is missing. Certain elements, and I'm getting this stuff, you know, from the internet, from screen, craft, and they, you know, three qualities of an engaging character, and one of them is distinction. And it makes the character different and unique to the audience. We've got that in Charlie. Yep. I guess. I'd say so. Because, yeah, he's way different than anyone else. Yeah, because he's elevated than anybody would be in real life. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess. And you bring it back down. Man, I need need Charlie's energy, like, all the time. You're not drinking those badass energy drinks with (laughs) the snake on the can, buddy. Uh, The character's got to have empathy. I gotta, I gotta connect with them on some level um, to sense the emotions. This one is just adrenaline, adrenaline. Uh, whip smart, making wise cracks, sure. And then impetus, why? Why is this thing going on? And we, that's what the question's been this whole podcast is, why are things happening the way they're happening? And I just, I, this movie, I think, just falls flat in a lot of ways. 
and like we've talked about, like the plot. I may have to watch this again. Maybe I'm completely wrong and it all connects smooth, and I'm just missing something. But I watched it going, huh? How? And if I've got to, if I've got to dig that deep to understand the plot, then it's not doing as good job of either showing or telling me what's going on. Right. Because some of it is just Travolta yelling about stuff. You think it's about drugs? You think it's about money? It was. That's what we just did. Yeah. I, I mean, was. Just, I just saw you do it. It's not. Yeah. Okay. So, or is this a personal vendetta? Are you really with the CIA? Is this? Am I working for the wrong people? We should really start asking himself some questions here. Seriously. Huh? Who have I been talking to this whole time? Maybe I am working for a terrorist organization. Why am I doing this when I'm in a, when I work at the embassy? Couldn't I be kidnapped and tortured for information? Huh? Some things. Some <laughs> things that needed to happen in this movie to make it better. Um, we did we did talk about the Royale cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me another movie that has a Pulp Fiction reference in it from another character from that movie? Can't say I can. Well, buddy, then you haven't been watching uh, your Marvel movies very well. When uh, Fury dies, they do a quote that on his tombstone from what he says in the movie. On the tombstone? Yeah, it was that winter. What's the one where he faked his death? What does it say? I don't know. I can't remember what scripture it is. It's a scripture that he he quotes before he kills people in Pulp Fiction, and then it's on his tombstone in uh, Mm. in that movie. That's funny. Yeah, I don't think anybody else has ever... I need to go one. back and watch Pulp Fiction again, because it's been quite a long while. Pulp Fiction. Go for it. So, I, I kind of alluded to earlier, like at the end of this movie, why did it say Charlie Wax will return? Uh, I don't think it's for the lack of trying. I think this was supposed to be some kind of franchise kickoff where you would have different countries with love, you know, in the title to keep things going. And I think John Travolta was ready to do that. I don't know if Reese was wanting to do that. I That's interesting. I, I but given this box office and when they when they put it in the theaters, like apparently they didn't have much confidence in it to begin with. And honestly, I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel. But I guess money. Yeah. It barely made its money back. But again, you got someone like John Tavolta. You would think you could figure, I don't know. And maybe, I mean, I think when I read Travolta was ready to do it. He was willing to. I mean, would you want to see the adventures of Charlie Wax? Kind of, yeah. Really? (laughs) Again, we're getting to this buddy comedy territory-ish. And they just, I don't know how many things you can look at, like, oh yeah, let's use that template to just I feel like, take uh, it off the ground. I don't know, I, I don't know if I could, you know, watch it over and over again, but I mean, I feel like a sequel and be done would, you know, probably give it some justice, or would be, you know, nice rather, but I, I don't think you'd want to just take that and then just run with it and do multiples of because that would get old really quick 
hell, dude. James Bond's been around forever. Charlie True. Rock's the new James Bond. Mm. So, yeah. to you, when it comes to movies that end up being franchise-like, do you feel that if you either do one or you do three, but you never do two? Because I, I'm, I keep running in and out of this camp of it should have stuck at one. And then I look to like, I guess the first one that comes to mind is Hulk with Edward Norton. That one's fine as a single because then that character, yeah, it's a different actor, comes in to play roles in a franchise setting. Right. But then I look at like the Amazing Spider-Man to where it was setting up three plus and it only got two. And that's kind of infuriating to me. Like they didn't, weren't able to wrap that up in a fairly satisfying way and part of me is like I wish they had just done one Amazing Spider-Man if none if that's what they were going to do and so I feel like if we're going to take like wax like maybe it just stays at one and we're better off with it Yeah, because well, I don't want a sequel and then never get a third I guess I'm like trilogy or nothing yeah well and that's the problem too that I feel like we've discussed many a times is most of the time, sequels or trilogies aren't usually as good as the first. Yeah. And so if we're going down that road, then everything should just be one and done. Because, like we've discussed, there's very few films out there that have a good trilogy, that have, you know, a good, yeah. solid lineup of, of movies. And the, the problem is, is, like, it can be done... It's just, I don't know, the effort, the time, the, the money. I mean, I'm sure it's all sorts of everything that ties into this of why those aren't as good. And it just all comes down to those producers and the people making the director. Actually, mainly the directors. But I know producers, I think, have a, kind of a big pull in some things, but... I, I think for some reason they ha they thought they had something unique for the time and I don't know how long this movie was in production and that's why I say like this movie in a lot of ways I feel has no business being released in 2010 I feel like it tried to hop on the train of high octane everything is just action damn the plot it's kind of there loosely but we really don't care we're just trying to make an action movie and we're going to get a big star or two in it and I'm like I feel like that's too little too late man <laughs> I mean I again if you want to say like, Charlie Wax is a good character that's fine and I think part of the saving grace of this movie is that it does not directly set up a sequel that is true this movie is independent of its own stuff and if honestly they could still do one yeah and you'd be like cool uh from Nebraska with love I don't know you could you can do it I don't know where these characters are in their life I don't know as uh how they would play it it's like it would be like a new agent and then all of a sudden Charlie Wax shows up again it goes zero to a hundred real quick I'm telling you no it, it's gotta be that they're they are a team now mm. I think you have to have it that way I don't know unless every one of them is he gets a different driver 
and it's a different adventure each time. But then I feel like you're, I don't know, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right. I, I mean, I use Lethal Weapon as the example, and there are plenty of other, like, buddy, buddy cop, buddy, even single movies. Like, Top Gun is kind of like a buddy movie by default because of what the plot is dictating and what it's about. But there's also some stakes in that when one of the buddies dies. Yep. And, I mean, you go back to Leave the Weapon, like, there's stakes in the actions that they do. And you can also argue, like, yeah, they're freaking bulletproof. They never die. Yeah, but they're also getting hurt. True. Like, there, there's repercussions for what's going on. Reese gets hurt in this movie, but, I mean, he's back in action quickly after. She didn't shoot to kill. Yeah. So and Charlie Wax, nothing ever happens to him. And... Teflon. Teflon. Teflon wax. It's an oxymoron, maybe. <laughs> wax is sticky. I don't know. I, I think from a movie rewrite, this this was not thought out Mm-mm. very well of how to introduce at least one of these main characters and then to follow a, a thread through. Like I feel like this was one of those, like, we want this kind of action. We want to do this. We want to do this draw the line to that no matter what. And we talked about that with past movies too. I think it was yep. MI2. I want to do this set piece, I want to do that. Make the plot revolve around that. I don't think that's smart. No. I'm sure there's movies that have done it and been successful, but I feel like nine times out of ten you want to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Let's write a logical thing to a logical conclusion and put in the things that make sense. But what do I know? I'm just a guy who watches movies, doesn't know what he's talking about. One thing we haven't talked about that we've talked about in other ones, like, who is this movie for? People just want to act. I came up with an idea for what this movie should be classified as, and I think it should be uh, arcade action. Arcade action? Mm-hmm. Which he's Charlie Wack's like a superhero. And yeah. so it's just kind of arcadey because we already know like nothing's gonna happen to him. We already know he's just gonna kick everyone. I guess I ask who's this for? Because in twenty ten, who who's laughing at the Royale with cheese joke? You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't. That, that's I don't think years ago. Yeah, at that time, I don't think it was necessarily like laughing at it. I think it was more like oh, hey. a homage. Yeah, like tip the hat, you know. Amelia. John Travolta's finally in Paris. We can make this Royale with cheese joke and never been able to beforehand. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I, I would. I would love it if that was John Travolta's idea. Hey, you know my character from Pulp Fiction. Wait, oh, here, we need to do this. Here's here's a crazy thought. <laughs> okay. So you know how you said that this movie might have you know like Mi Two is just like okay this is the set piece everything needs to lead up to it. Uh-huh. Okay, what if that set piece was the Royale with cheese? Oh my god. <laughs> Travolta's like going into people like studios. I was like, I want to make this movie, but one of the jokes is Royale with cheese, and I don't care what else happens. And that's why it's called like, Paris oh, okay, with okay. Love. But, but how do you feel about being bald? Because in the movie you're referencing, you've got long, nice hair. Do you want to go the opposite of that? Like, seriously. Sure, sure, sure. It almost seems like, now that we're talking about Oh, this whole movie exists just for the Royale with cheese joke. Oh, that would be, that would be so funny. Travolta. I haven't worked in a while. 
I need this. Can we do something with raw with cheese? I really like it, alright? I mean, I, it's too something, bro. It's one of my famous lines. It's, I mean, yeah, written by a better writer. Mm hmm. Another confusing thing is the satellite. His magic satellite there already has. That he just, and it follows the. Yeah. The car, and uh -huh. then they're just able to, to do it like it ain't no thing. Like, uh huh. Just showing a cool piece of technology, I guess. Geolocation on that. Yeah. And then it's just. I mean, there's there's a lot of. I, they just shoved this movie with, like, spy elements to make it cooler and hipper, I guess. And I just. I yeah. don't think it works. Yeah. In, in the long run, like, it's. It's a shoot em up, bang, bang, down the plot. We're at the end of the movie, go home. And that's what it is. And that's fine. A movie can be that. I just. I just think you could still make that movie and have more of a logic to your plot and different ways to introduce your characters that kind of logically makes sense or at least helps us, the audience, get a feel for these people are in a better way. Because like I said, like, uh, if, if Reese was the actual traitor, I'd be like, oh, interesting plot twist. I guess I don't care about him enough to see how this goes. Right. And I don't know if that's a ding on the movie or not I just I don't know I guess I felt nothing towards anybody because I know Wax isn't going to die <laughs> and once I knew Reese wasn't the traitor I knew he wasn't going to die yep so it's like well I the stakes are I guess he's got to find the bomb before it goes and uh, at that point like, I'm pretty sure he's going to kill his girlfriend yeah it's kind there's of no other way around this like, and I guess you're supposed to feel something for that like oh man He's had to kill his new fiance, but once he looks at it like emotionally, like, no, I was being used, like, mm -hmm. and she just shot me. I feel and like so. I've got to kill her. I feel like this, uh, that scenario. I think would have probably been a little bit better if maybe they were married for like five years. Oh, we got Mister Mrs. Smith situation brewing here, huh? Well, well, not yeah. exactly, but kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, that that would kind of be like, oh, man, like, they've been married for this that's long. That's a long con for... Exactly, for, for and, and, and that, yeah, and that and that's what... Well, even that's a long con for, like, how long were they dating before? Exactly, like, we don't know. I don't know. We don't know how long they were together. Yeah, and, yeah. That's and, what I'm saying, like, to, to, to fake it enough to make me feel something for this couple who isn't really a couple is not doing anything for the plot of this movie. No. And that's why I say, like, when you get to the twisty parts of it, you're like, oh, well, now that I've seen what's going on, like, I know what's going to happen. Yep. This is either going to end one of two ways. Like, he kills her or she actually gets away with it. I guess one of three is, or she screws up and blows herself up before she even gets there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or Charlie gets there first. Again, I don't know. Because they get separated out to do their side missions for a little bit. And that's it. Yep. So remember, folks, if you're with people you don't really know, and you get a phone call from a number you don't recognize, and you are asked if you're a rose, you never out loud say, huh, there's no rose here, because you might just get a bullet to the head. <laughs>
Just maybe. Just maybe. And never put your cocaine in the ceiling. Where you can put a hole in there and then it just drains out. Yep. And you can catch it with a vase. A vase. Yep. This is movie rewrite. Later. Have a good one.